we're back. Finally. Maddie G here with Colby Patnode, here to break down all of your week one action in the Hawks Nest Fantasy Football League. Colby, how's it going? You know, it, it could be better, you know, Matt. I, I took the 0-2 in week one, which, I mean, not surprising. That's kind of how I start. And the Mariners got my hopes up, and then they quickly eradicated them all in the last couple of days. However, the Seahawks are 1-0. They look like a legit Super Bowl contender, and we have a lot of trades to talk about, and you know how much I love talking trades. So uh, all in all, not too bad. It, it would be nicer if the air wasn't trying to kill me, but <laughs> I can't complain. True. Like I said, you know, we, we talked about this you know, just this past week, but uh, I like to go on walks. Sometimes we'll mm-hmm. go and we'll just talk football, talk sports, talk fantasy, talk Hawks Nest. And, uh, you know, it was looking like a war zone out here. And so <laughs> I told you, you know what, man, I'd ask if you want to go for a walk, but I feel like, you know, you're probably not trying to get the smoker's lung. So maybe it's just better that we, you know, <laughs> stay inside. So, but anyways, yes, you are right. We have plenty of trades to talk about this week. People have been busy shuffling the shuffling the deck, moving the chess pieces around the board. So, you know, I guess without any further ado, we got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot to break down here. And so the first trade uh, this year in the Hawks' nest, uh, Garza and Tyler, back on September 9th, we're recording this uh, you know, Thursday night, uh, the Browns and the and the Bengals have kicked off week two of the season. It's September 17th. So this was a little bit over a week ago. So Garza and, and Tyler make the first trade of the year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater coming over to, to Garza's squad. And he gives up James White. And in Sleeper right here where I'm looking at the league transactions, it conveniently doesn't show that Tyler also gained a hundred fab. Yep. Garza threw all his fab in this deal to get Teddy uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So um, I guess I'll let you go first here. What are your thoughts? Um, I guess valuation wise, it, it's pretty fair. You know, Bridgewater's kind of a he's a kind of an unknown, but he's still a quarterback too. Maybe a, a low end quarterback too. And he was traded for kind of a low end running back one or running back two rather. That's kind of the valuation we had last year was kind of, you know, quarterback two goes for a wide receiver two or running back two wide quarterback one goes for a wide receiver one or a quarter running back one plus usually. Um, So it's kind of like right in line with how the valuation went last year Uh, minus the hundred fab. I I don't quite understand that from Garza's point of view. Um, I guess Garza's just thinking, you know, free agency's so bad. How valuable is Fab really? Um, I mean, like, I, I guess from that standpoint, it makes sense. But it's, you know, I feel like maybe Tyler should have waited to try and trade Bridgewater. Uh, but, you know, obviously there there appears to be, you know, as we get, we'll, we'll get on with this, but there appears to have been, I don't know if it's a plan or if it just fell into Tyler's lap, but things kind of worked out for him in the end here. Overall, I think the trade's fine. I, I don't have really any big issues with it. Um, Garza needed a quarterback. Uh, he got one. Uh, you know, Tyler wanted some running back depth. He he got it. And then 
lost it, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But this trade specifically, I think it fits both teams' needs pretty well. And I think the valuation is fine. I, I don't really have any major issues about this trade. About this trade. Sure. Yeah. So it's funny because as you talk, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, it would have been a lot easier for me to give my thoughts on this, you know, eight days ago when it happened, as opposed to right now, because things have been changing so quickly in the Hawks nest and especially for a handful of teams here. Um, So I guess I pretty much have shared my thoughts on this deal on the message board. And so just, you know, to quickly, you know, just brush up on those again. If I were Garza, I would have offered James White heads up for Teddy Bridgewater. There was no need to throw in the 100 fab. If you would rather just do fab, then maybe you could, maybe that could have been negotiated. But, and you're, and you're 100% right, actually. Um, Garza made it pretty clear in the league chat after this trade happened when he was criticized for the for adding the fab he said i don't need fab for garbage or something to that effect right and i've already talked with garza um you know i i text with him and talked with him a little bit about this and i told him my my expectation here is that by the end of the season he'll regret you know tossing all that fab away and it seems like he kind of already has acknowledged as, as much because he's out here trying to take donations and cam so generously was, you know, humored him and threw a, threw a dollar at him. But, uh, you know, there was, I no... can't, go ahead. I can't, I can't wait for that dollar to come back and bite cam somehow. Oh, for just sure. Wait, just wait for it. Just wait. I mean, that's the way it goes. <laughs> and so, and so anyways, my response to, to Garza's initial claim, I don't need fab for garbage. I would just simply say, it's a long season. Yeah. <laughs> so you look at the free agency right now, and maybe that's the way you feel. Maybe. But 13 weeks is a long time, and a lot can change. Even we've learned that. We've learned it so, it so much in just one week, how much things can change, you know, in the blink of an eye. So so basically, you know, I, I think that from the standpoint of just Teddy and James White, it makes sense. The mm-hmm. only critique i have here is there was absolutely no need in this deal or frankly in any deal in my opinion to ever throw a hundred fab like why i guess it's just my it's it just doesn't make very much sense to me you don't you don't know what's going to happen down the road in the way of injuries or team needs and so that stuff can really come in handy you know down the road so but the other thing I would also that's also I think totally uh, necessary to to bring up here in Garza's defense is that he would tell you that you can't really evaluate this trade in isolation. You also have to factor in the second trade because he had both of them sitting there at the same time, and that's why he wanted to make this move. Um, he had been working with Brian, and so he knew that he could get Eckler. And so in the second trade here, Garza gains Austin Eckler, T.Y. Hilton, and Golden Tate in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley. Um, so what do you think about that? I mean, 
obviously these trades right now before week one and even after week one, how we view them are still heavily shaped by how we, you know, kind of our, our preseason expectations for the players involved. So based on that, I feel like Brian kind of ran circles over Garza. Um, and again, because of my own preseason thoughts, Hopkins and Ridley, I really like both of those players coming in. Um, obviously everybody likes Hopkins. I thought Ridley kind of a breakout guy. And on the other end of the spectrum, I was, I was kind of staying away from Austin Eckler. Um, I was definitely, I, there was almost no scenario in which I was going to take T Y Hilton. I just think he's a bad fit for Phillip rivers, uh, and the type of offense they want to run. I just, to me, I think you're going to be lucky if he's a flex guy. Golden Tate is just kind of whatever. Um, maybe a flex guy, uh, probably like a wide receiver five. Um, and you know, Eckler to me, I was just, I was just concerned, uh, you know, that he, he did so much of his damage in the passing game last year. And that's because Philip rivers, you know, let, let's be honest here. He doesn't have the cannon that he used to have and checking down to his, you know, his running backs and his tight ends. That was kind of a lot of the passing game last year. Well, this year they go to Torah Taylor, who's going to run more on his own. Um, and he has a better arm than rivers at this point. I feel like they were going to take a few more chances. Uh, and you know, Eckler's never really been the guy solo for an extended period of time. I mean, he was for a little bit last year when Gordon held out, but he wasn't at the end of the year. So I, I have my concerns about Eckler and Hilton, and I really don't have any concerns about Hopkins and Ridley. And so that just based on how I valued these players, you know, entering the season, I feel like Brian definitely got the better end of the deal here, but I, I am absolutely willing to admit that I could very well be wrong and that running backs, they have value, a lot of value right now. So Eckler is going to be, you know, he's going to cost more than, than I would ever feel comfortable trading for him. And I think that was the case here. Sure. I think that I agree with you that I wasn't super uh, high on Eckler coming into the year at all. Um, I definitely anticipate regression. You traded him. You traded him in the Dynasty League for Keyshawn Vaughn. Well, I traded him for a draft <laughs> choice that turned into Keyshawn Vaughn. Yes, uh, right. details, details. They don't but, really matter. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not huge on Eckler this year. But I think it is fair to acknowledge um, that you know Garza needed a running back when he made this trade because he had just yep. pushed. He had just pushed James White out. So from the standpoint of a team need, I understand it, and I and I like it more when you when you factor that that in. Yeah. I also feel like T.Y. Hilton might actually be a little bit underrated. Um, I think that he fell a little bit in the draft, and I was a little, and I was a little bit surprised by that. But man, it really hurts to trade DeAndre Hopkins, and and it, you know I understand he was going in some cases late first, but in most leagues second round. Uh, he was going in the second round in most leagues. And but there were still people who were really cynical about about their expectations for DeAndre Hopkins this year in Arizona. And I, for the life of me, can't understand that. And I'm sure a lot of people are probably sitting there listening to this and they're saying, well, of course, it's easy to say that now that we have a week of data and DeAndre Hopkins was an absolute stud. Uh, But here's what I would I would just simply remark to that. DeAndre Hopkins, from a pure skill standpoint, is the best wide receiver in the NFL, um, in my opinion. 
So it's really difficult for me to anticipate DeAndre Hopkins struggling in an air raid offense uh, with a nice quarterback like Kyler Murray. So, so anyways, long story short, man, it hurts to move DeAndre. And I also know a lot of people are high on Calvin Ridley this year. Um, so, but in the end, Garza needed a running back. He adds Eckler, who was going late first, mostly second round. So from the, that standpoint, Eckler for Hopkins is fair value. I would rather have Hopkins personally, but he he needed yeah. Eckler, so that makes sense. And then, you know, Ridley for TY and Golden Tate. That's fair. That seems fair. I could understand why people would rather have Ridley. I do feel like Hilton is a little bit underrated, so maybe I'm wrong here, but I think this deal makes way more sense from a value standpoint than the deal he made with Tyler, where he basically just, you know, wiped his ass with a hundred fab. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, truthfully, that's what happened here. I yeah. mean, that is what happened, but this I, is definitely more fair from a value standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I wonder, I, did Garza try to get some fab back from Brian in this deal? Cause then that would make the hundred fab that he gave away. You know, you know what I mean? Like that makes it a little less painful if you got fab back in a trade. Um, but no, yeah, you know, like, like I said, I, I agree with you, man. I, I was not high on Eckler this year per se. I would have rather had Hopkins than Eckler, even with the running back situation being what it is. Um, but again, Eckler and Hopkins going roughly around the same spot in drafts, Golden Tate and T Y Hilton for Calvin Ridley. If you really believe in T Y Hilton, then it's fine. I personally don't. So I don't like that aspect, but I can't say, you know, definitively that I'm right. Gars is wrong. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I think, you know, from a value standpoint, it's pretty evenly matched. I just honestly greatly prefer the side that Brian got um, because I'm just higher on Hopkins than I am Eckler and I'm higher on Ridley than I am the combo of Hilton and Tate. So just from my value perspective, I feel like Brian did better in this trade. Sure. Well, he definitely got the players that had higher, you know, drafts, draft value, draft stock. And so therefore you would sort of assume like he got the safer end of the bargain. I think so. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's time to tackle the most <laughs> challenging evaluation in history, uh, in league history. Anyhow, there was a four team deal on September the 11th. Um, man, where to, where to begin? We have Scott, Brian, Cam, and Tyler in on a four team deal. So I suppose what we ought to do is just start at the top here. It's funny because when you have so many moving pieces in a trade, you have such a such a, a divided uh, group of opinions on who won the deal. Some people say that one person got got away with highway robbery. Everyone's picking different winners in the trade and so on and so forth. So this could get interesting here, but we'll go ahead and we'll start with who many perceive to be the big winner in the deal here. Some people even saying, as I just mentioned, that he got away with highway robbery. Tyler uh, trades Baker Mayfield, James White, who he had just who he had just acquired, and Jarvis Landry, uh, and in return he gets. Russ Wilson, Larry Fitz, and Christian Kirk. So 
you know, as far as breaking it down, where do you even begin? I'll, I'll try it to the best of my ability, and then, and then I guess we'll see if you're if I'm way off in left field here, and maybe you've got a totally separate take. Obviously, the biggest name in the deal, and in a superflex league, the most valuable asset is Russell Wilson. Now, I do feel like this conversation is going to be a little bit skewed by the fact that Russell Wilson just threw four touchdown passes against the Atlanta Falcons and through one week of the NFL season, uh, very well may be and ought to be in the driver's seat for the MVP, although the season is still young. But nonetheless, uh, Russ Wilson, most valuable player in this trade. And then as far as the other pieces he added, Kirk and Fitz, I mean, Christian Kirk has potential. And at this point, Larry Fitz is maybe if it, maybe a desperation flex, I guess. Yep. Um, Christian Kirk has potential. It's just tough really to say what how we ought to value him because of the presence of DeAndre Hopkins as the alpha in the passing game there. So in terms of what he gave up, does this add up in terms of value to Russ Wilson? And we could... If we want to, we could almost disregard Kirk and Fitz. I'm not saying we should do that, but Baker, Baker Mayfield, James White, and Jarvis Landry. I, 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 it's tough to say. I mean, Baker Mayfield has potential, but the range of outcomes here is is probably the widest of any quarterback. It's among the widest of any quarterback in the league. You know, Baker could be yeah. top five. Baker could be bottom five. I mean. You know, we don't really know. So he gives up Baker, James White, who, like you said, I would agree. You know, he's probably safely in the RB2, maybe maybe low-end RB2 range. Um, and then Jarvis Landry, who was a glorious Pro Bowl snub last year. Um, and at least I think he was a snub. Maybe yeah, I'm, he was. Yeah, um, but nonetheless... Jarvis Landry had a really nice year last year. Uh, I think he's a little banged up right now, but he's playing tonight. So, mm-hmm. um, does that add, uh, does that add up to Russ Wilson? I don't know. That's that's not for. I I, I would say uh, I don't. I could see how people would look at what Tyler gave up and they would scratch their head and say, "How did he get Russell Wilson out of this deal?" Well, let me tell you how. Somebody else gave up too much. That's the only way. Somebody else yeah. in a four-team deal gave up too much in order to persuade the other participants in the deal to go for it. This was a smash. This was a smash the accept button right here for Tyler, I'm sure. I'm sure he mm-hmm. didn't have to th- really think twice about it. Um, especially because in a super flex league, Russell Wilson uh, goes, you know, top five. Was he was was he the fifth sixth pick in our league? Number five. Five, yeah. Okay, so he's fifth, and that makes sense. And, and Tyler was teasing that he might take him at one, and there was a lot of people who were saying no way, no way. And I said I believe it, and realistically, I don't know that I could have criticized it. So you're talking about it. I mean, it's not what I would have done, but I you can't really criticize it in superflex. So nonetheless, um, I guess my thought is. Um, you know, did he give up 
Well, actually, here's a better way of framing it. Is Tyler a winner in this deal? I say yes. What says you? I think it's the clear winner. I, I don't see any scenario where Tyler looks back at this trade and regrets it um, per se. There's just like Jarvis Landry's a nice fantasy asset. Sure. Um, but, you know, again, he's banged up. He's been banged up all off season. Odell Beckham's still there in that offense. So is Austin Hooper. You know, so is Kareem Hunt. So, it, I mean, it's it's kind of the old they're only playing with one football argument, which doesn't always hold water, but whatever. He's banged up. He's he's a good, solid player, much better in a full point PPR than he is here, but he's still a good player. James White, we don't know what that's going to look like uh, with the, you know, the revamped running game of New England and Cam Newton. I mean, I guess people would probably say, hey, White is kind of similar to Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton made Christian McCaffrey really good. So, but did he? I, I don't know. And then Baker, I mean, look, it, in this league, you're almost never going to see a quarterback get traded without the guy getting a quarterback back. So Baker just kind of feels like a necessary evil, but you talked about his range of outcomes, how big it is. Um, for me, I mean, Tyler is the clear winner of this trade. It doesn't mean he's the only winner, uh, but he got, in my opinion, the best player in the trade, the most valuable player in the trade, and he did it for, you know, a low end quarterback two, a low end running back two, and a solid flex. And he may have gotten that back in Christian Kirk himself. So uh, it's a no brainer from Tyler. I talked to Tyler. Uh, he claims he wasn't the one who originated this trade, and I have no reason not to believe him. But it was just a hey, I saw this hit my inbox, and I hit accept right away. And of course he did because Tyler's not stupid. So, yeah, Tyler did really well in this trade. And you're right, because Tyler did so well in this trade, somebody else didn't. And we're going to get to that, I'm sure. But from a Tyler standpoint, this trade's a home run, in my opinion. Sure. All right, moving on to Cam. Mm -hmm. And I'll let you go ahead and tackle this one first. So, But I'll, I'll just say, you know, what the transaction looked like from his perspective. So Cam adds Aaron Rodgers... Keenan yep. Allen and James White, and he gives up Derek Carr, Miles Sanders, Mark Ingram, and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, I don't think Cam did poorly in this transaction. Um, you know, Miles Sanders, obviously the, the most valuable piece he gave up, but he is banged up and he was in week one. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's definitely some questions surrounding him. Um, Rogers, you know, before the trade was made, there's a lot of speculation is Rogers done. Uh, is that offense moving to a run heavy one? And he answered him in week one, but cam didn't know that in this trade. So we can't really give him credit for that, but I do think he, you know, it's obviously going from Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers, huge upgrade, huge, um, Keenan Allen, you know, going from Keenan Allen to, I would say probably Mark Ingram and Larry Fitzgerald. That's roughly the translation translation here. You know, I'm not the biggest Keenan Allen guy in the world. Uh, again, it kind of, I'm not, I just, I don't really trust that chargers offense. Um, you know, I, and a lot of that has to do with Terod Taylor. And even if Taylor is out, you know, 
is is Justin Herbert really, you know, the type of guy who can get it done with Keenan Allen? I don't know. James White, we talked about him a lot uh, too much, so we don't really need to talk about him. But overall, Cam gets the upgrade at quarterback. He does improve his wide receiving core. I would say he takes a pretty sizable hit at running back. And we know how hard it is to find running backs in this league uh, right now. So I, I think that's where Cam really kind of, um, he fell short in this trade. It's just, you give up two really good running backs. If you get one back who's okay, but I mean, is James White really a suitable replacement for Miles Sanders or Mark Ingram? Maybe, but probably not. So it's just, I, I think Cam did okay here. I think he might regret trading those two running backs in the same deal without getting a, you know, somebody better than James White. I think that's going to be a, a regret that he'll have down the road. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, whatever. I mean, he doesn't really even matter in this discussion, but he did to somebody. So I, I think Cam did okay. I, I Again, I, I wouldn't have traded Sanders and Ingram in the same deal without getting the best player in the deal. But, you know, it's totally possible that, you know, Cam got a top five quarterback out of it. So eh, I, I think he did okay, but I don't think he hit it out of the park. Okay. You see, there's a lot that I could say here. There's a lot that goes through my mind as I listen to you talk. And as I think about this trade from Cam's perspective, uh, the first thing I want to mention here is a lot of times it's just really, really difficult to evaluate a trade and know whether or not somebody did well uh, until yeah. you have, until enough time has gone by. So there's a lot of questions here before, you know, before we can really know how well Cam did here, you know, and, and two of the most obvious questions here lie with the running backs that he gave up. Miles Sanders and that hamstring. How is that going to impact him moving forward? How, you know, is he going to miss more time? Is it going to, is he going to re-aggravate it? How is it going to impact his season? I mean, that that's a huge question. And then of course, with Mark Ingram in the presence of JK Dobbins in the Baltimore running back rotation and a lot of talk coming out of Baltimore about their rotation basically being uh, in flux. Uh, it's going to be sort of allegedly a week by week sort of situation. Um, there's just a real element of unpredictability and it very well may be more of a 50 50 split. And if that's the case, if that's the case, then there's a chance that Cam did, did better than, then you're tempted to to say initially, given the fact that we know that he drafted four running backs in the first four rounds. And I find it I find it worthwhile here to mention something that I think really affects multiple aspects of this entire group deal, which is I think that sometimes it's really difficult to lose sight of the value of patience. Mm-hmm. And and I think that applies to not only the fact that everybody knows that Tyler wants Russell Wilson. So why not make him why not why not make him wait a little bit? Why not make him pay for him, right? And in the yeah. same way that Cam couldn't wait to let us know over and over and over and over again on the chat, I have running backs. I have running backs. I drafted four running backs early. You know, come come to me. Let's work a deal for these running backs. You know, it's it's funny that he just couldn't wait 
to move those running backs. And did he get, did he get, you know, top of the line value for him? It would be hard to argue that he did. But in fairness, and in this case, it may very well serve him that he pushed these running backs out early, especially if Ingram is in more of a 50-50 split with J.K. Dobbins. Or who knows, maybe eventually J.K. Dobbins takes the more um, the more dominant portion of the of the of the share there of carries. So it's really tough to say. But at the time, back on September the 11th, before we had any information from week one, I would have told you that if I was Cam, there's no way that I make this move because I agree with you that you know running backs are very valuable. He gave up two top four, two of his top four picks here. And the best player that he gets in the return prior to what we saw week one is what? Keenan Allen, I guess? Maybe? Maybe Keenan Allen? Maybe you argue Rodgers because it's super flex. But nonetheless, I wouldn't have made this move at the time if I were Cam. But I do think that time will tell. I do think it's fair to say in terms of how well did he do, he probably feels, it seems like he feels like he really did well here and it helped him a lot. Um, time will tell. I'm not as convinced as he is that he, you know, slugged it out of the park here. And it's not a move that I would have made, you know, certainly at the time. But I think that this this seems to be one of the cases, one of the potential uh, cases here where Tyler was able to get rust because somebody else was willing to give up perhaps more from a perceived value standpoint than they got in a return. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I just, you know, it's, it's, it is funny. Like you mentioned camps on the chat, talking about all the running backs he has come get him, come get him, come get him. And then who's the one that initiates trading his own running backs. It's cam. I mean, I think there's a chance that he didn't play the market correctly and it's going to come back and bite him. There's also a chance he does well enough in this deal that it really, it doesn't make it that much of a difference. But like you said, only time will tell, but uh, I I do think there's something to be said about maybe letting the market come to you a little bit. Um, And, you know, we saw some, some running backs just even this last week who struggled or they got hurt. Um, I, I feel like, you know, those guys, you know, to be fair, Mark Ingram was one of them that struggled and Miles Sanders in play. So I don't know. It, it's tough to criticize too much what Cam ended up doing here. I just think that he should have waited a little while to see what the running backs were going to look like. Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, for the guy who gave up, you know, two running backs in this deal and two running backs who are going to be valuable in some capacity. I, I feel like he should have been the one that got Russ. Um, and he didn't. Instead, he kind of let himself be used as a middleman to get Russ to Tyler, and his reward seems light, I guess is how I'll put it. I I actually think that I agree with you 100%. I think you nailed it there. That's I think that's totally fair. Um, next on the docket here, we have in this same deal, 
let's look at it from the perspective of Brian. Yep. Brian adds Mark Ingram, Baker Mayfield, C.D. Lamb, and J.K. Dobbins. And he gives up Rodgers, Keenan Allen, and Christian Kirk. So I'll tackle I'll tackle this one first. Um, my thought here is at at the time, my thought was, you know, we could almost argue that Baker and Aaron Rodgers is a wash. So if we're gonna look at it from that standpoint, which I'm not saying that people would necessarily argue that right now, but people would probably give the edge to Rodgers, although it might not be as significant as people perceive, um, although it very well might be a landslide in Rodgers' favor, <laughs> I suppose, too. But nonetheless, when the trade happened, I was thinking, well, there's a chance that that's not as big of an advantage for Rodgers as people perceive, so I understand that part of it. So now we're trying to figure out the other parts. Okay, so he gives up Keenan Allen. Let's say that that's for Mark Ingram. Okay, that's fine. So then he gives up C.D. Lamb and J.K. Dobbins. Or excuse me, he receives C.D. Lamb and, and J.K. Dobbins and gives up Christian Kirk. That feels like a win for Brian, in my opinion, to get the the young rookie sort of lottery tickets here that have some real upside. And I think their stock is trending in a positive direction. And to give up Kirk and get two, uh, two lottery tickets that are guys who do have roles. Young guys who do have roles. We knew they were going to have some sort of roles. So, you know, it's tough because he gave up, he gave up Keenan Allen in this trade and really gets Mark Ingram if you want to look at it from that perspective. And I would say the pro there is he locked up the Baltimore backfield in this deal. But if it's a 50-50 split or something to that effect, it might be one of those situations where it's just terribly frustrating to, to own these guys, to own either of these guys, to start either of these guys in fantasy. And so, um, but initially... I did feel like I did feel like Brian did reasonably well in this deal, and especially when you consider the names that he is giving up in Rogers and Keenan Allen, particularly. Yeah, um, for me, this kind of comes down to Rogers versus Mayfield, because there's a potential there that you know it's within the range of possible outcomes that the difference between Rogers and Mayfield is you know, a couple points a week in either direction. There's also a possibility that Mayfield is, you know, quarterback 22 and Rogers is quarterback six, you know, so uh, that that's a pretty sizable jump. And so for me, the question is, does the rest of the trade make up for that? Mm, I, I think it does, you know, uh, getting, getting Mark Ingram and CD or, and JK Dobbins, probably helps but like you mentioned you know the headache scenario is there as well so um it's not necessarily a great thing to get both of them but i understand the value that brian would see in having both of them and then cd lamb you know he's a talented guy he's in a good offense but so is christian kirk so is that like a guaranteed uh you know upgrade for brian no it's not 
So I kind of, it's Rogers for Mayfield. I would much rather have Rogers. He's just safer. I think he even has a higher upside. Rogers to me is the play there. I actually look at it as it's the Baltimore running backs for Keenan Allen. And again, I'm not a huge Keenan Allen fan this year. I think that, I think that's fine. I, I, I don't think that's a huge net gain or net loss. Um, and then it's, it's Christian Kirk for CD lamb. Eh, again, I, I, I don't see much of an, an upgrade there. Um, so for me, it comes down to Rogers versus Mayfield. And if Rogers is significantly better than Baker, which is within the realm of possibility, uh, then this trade hurt Brian more than it helped him. Uh, so yeah, it kind of depends on how you look at it. I looked at it as the Baltimore running backs for Keenan Allen and then Lamb for Kirk. But if you look at it the way you did, Brian's going to come out ahead a little bit here. So to me, at the end of the day, it's it's Mayfield versus Rodgers. Is, and obviously this didn't last long because Brian traded Mayfield. We'll get to that. But at the time he made this trade, I feel like he had to have thought that Mayfield was going to finish, you know, as a top, 12-ish quarterback to justify this. And he could. He also could not. So that's just kind of where I was with the trade. Um, and of course, Brian can't sit on his hands long enough to to see how this would have played out because he's already traded some of these guys. But <laughs> we'll see how it works out for him now. Uh, but yeah, from Brian's standpoint, when this trade was made, to me, it all came down to Rodgers versus Mayfield. I'm significantly higher on Rodgers than I would be on Mayfield. So that's where I landed. Sure. No, that's totally fair. Then we have the last uh, member of the trade here, which was Scott. So Mm -hmm. Scott's end of the deal looks like this. Scott adds Derek Carr, Miles Sanders, and Jarvis Landry, and he gives up Russell Wilson, J.K. Dobbins, and CeeDee Lamb. So go ahead and sound off on that. I think it was an act of pure desperation. Uh, And... To be honest, I, I don't think Scott played this as well as he could have. I Scott was desperate for running backs. He had some injuries. Um, you know, he, he took Russell with the fifth pick. Uh, he, I, which he admitted, by, which he then admitted was a mistake. Um, I don't know that I would agree with Scott that it was a mistake, but he has said that he felt like it was a mistake. Um, but I, I, I don't really agree with that. I feel like Scott would have been fine if he hadn't panicked. This kind of feels like a panic move, and it's not like he didn't get you know, decent value relative to what he gave up. But you you traded Russell Wilson for an already injured running back. Like that's the prize. I just, you know, I just, I have a, I have a problem rationalizing that for Scott. Um, you know, Derek Carr, fine, whatever. I'm not a big Derek Carr guy. I think he's a perfectly fine number two quarterback and that's all he's going to be. And that's, that's fine. Like, I'm glad you could replace Russ, but you, at the end of the day, you traded your first round pick for uh, what a late second round pick who, or a mid second round pick who's already has a hamstring injuries, because we know how quickly those things tend to go away. <laughs> who also, by the way, Doug Peterson loves to use multiple running backs, so you know that well. That's why he took Boston Scott. I just feel like I feel like Scott panicked a little bit here, and he had some buyer's remorse for taking Russ at five. I feel like he didn't get as much as he could. I think he could have gotten more if he had just talked to Tyler straight up about Russell. I think he could have gotten more if he talked to a few people about trading Russell instead of this convoluted trade. Because we talk about this all the time. The problem with three-team trades, four-team trades, five-team trades, whatever, is the more pieces you add, 
the harder it is to judge your end of the deal, right? So yeah. for me, for me, I feel like this just is honestly a reeks of panic to me. And I feel like Scott should have been more patient. And if he really wanted to trade Russ, I feel like he could have gotten a better package if he had just made a trade with Tyler or if he had just made a trade with his brother to get Rogers. I, I feel like that would have been the smarter play for Scott here. So I think he panicked a little bit. I think he may, I think he's the guy who, you know, made this trade possible. I think he was the linchpin and he didn't wield that power of being able to topple this entire trade to extract as much as he could from Russell Wilson in a league full of Seahawks fans in a super flex, by the way. So I feel like Scott kind of wore it on this trade and it's unfortunate because in all reality, they needed Scott to make this trade work and Scott didn't take advantage. See, I agree with you a hundred percent from the standpoint of, I mean, what have I been saying this whole time? You know, with almost every single person outside of Brian in this deal, there's a, there's an aspect of, well, I, not, I guess technically not even, not even Tyler, Brian and Tyler, this doesn't really apply to This really applies more in my opinion to Cam and Scott from their perspective, like there's something to be said for patience, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, like everybody knew that Tyler wanted Russell Wilson. So, so I agree with you from the standpoint of could Scott's return have, you know, potentially been richer? Yes. I, I mean, I think so. The thing is, is that Miles Sanders is already injured and that matters. And, how long is it is this going to impact him? Well, we just don't know. And so you're going to trade Russell Wilson, who is probably the safest quarterback that you can own in a Superflex league. You're going to trade Russell Wilson, the best player in this deal, for an injured running back. If he wasn't injured, if he wasn't injured, or in the in the case that this hamstring injury doesn't, you know, isn't like most hamstring injuries, which seems unlikely, but nonetheless, you know, if Miles Sanders puts together a really nice year, then okay, makes sense. But you're telling me that Tyler, or excuse me, that Scott couldn't have received a better, safer, healthy running back than Miles Sanders with a nagging soft tissue injury. Ugh, I think he, I definitely. I mean, if you can't, don't yeah. sell. Don't sell Russell Wilson. But exactly, I'll, I'll say this though: Russell Wilson was the only, for sure, slam dunk, amazing piece that he gave up. Now, in fairness, it's the same thing as saying, like in chess, you gave away your queen. I mean, you don't want to do that, obviously. But I mean, the return is Miles Sanders, who again is injured, so that has to be factored in. Derek Carr and Jarvis Landry. I mean, he gave up J.K. Dobbins and C.D. Lamb in this deal, which are young guys who have upside and have potential. Um, But Jarvis last year was really solid. And Derek Carr is, you know, Derek Carr is what Derek Carr is. He's just, like you said, he's he's just fine. He's a super solid, super flex option. Uh, you know, you stick him in the super flex as your QB two, and have some good week, have some really good weeks, and then he'll have some weeks where it's twelve points, and you're like, you know, what the hell happened? But 
that that's who he is. And that's who he has been for what, eight years now. Didn't Derek Carr come into the league like a year after Russell Wilson? Like, I mean, yeah, no, you're, it's insane. You're you're right that, you know, well, yeah, like I said, he he is what he is. He's never going to be confused for Russell Wilson. Nobody's making that argument. I don't know. I, um, I guess when I really think about it though, what I would say about this deal from Scott's perspective is just simply that it, 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 maybe it's a little bit similar to Cam where it's like, Time will tell, but would I push the button on this deal if I was Scott? Well, of course I wouldn't because everybody already knows, as I've been right. trying to say since from day one, uh, what have I been saying about drinking the injury optimism Kool-Aid? Don't do it. You know what's in that shit. You know what's in there. It's roofies. Don't right. do it. You know? So right. that's what I would say about you know, about this from Scott's perspective. But you know what? Apparently, you know, Scott's got bigger grapefruits than me because he pushed the button. So what does that say? I don't know. I wouldn't have done it because Russell Wilson was a bona fide first round pick and the best player that you got in this deal is injured and very well may that very well may linger throughout the season. And that's not what you want. So, no. by the way, it's, it's a guy who also has some bus potential. I mean, we all remember what Miles Sanders did at the end of the year. I certainly do. He helped me win a championship, but there were weeks where he was, eh, he wasn't good and he wasn't getting opportunity. And even when he was rolling, Boston Scott was still stealing carries from him. I just, I, I find it hard to believe that, Scott went through the and took the time to say, okay, can I get, can I get Zeke Elliott? Can I get Alvin Kamara? Can I get Nick Chubb? Can I get Joe Mixon? And I also find it hard to believe that, or Dalvin Cook or whoever. And I also find it hard to believe that Scott doesn't think that any of those guys are better than Miles Sanders. So again, I feel like he just pushed the panic button a little bit. Um, you know, he, he had buyer's remorse for taking Russ with the fifth pick. He shouldn't have. And I think, you know, that's ultimately this deal is going to, to end up costing him or at least it should have. And we'll get to that in a minute. All right. Moving on to, uh, you know, there was a there was a lull for a little while there on the trade front. And God knows we could have used it because um, yeah. it was a flurry there for a minute. But uh, just yesterday, we had a deal between the two brothers here, Tyler mm-hmm. and TJ. And, uh, you know, of course, TJ has been hard at work, working the phones, trying to, to make something happen here. And Tyler goes ahead and he trades Chris Carson and Christian Kirk to TJ. And again, I'm sorry, but this doesn't show the fab. I think it was 125 fab. Something like that. Something like that. It was, it was over, it was triple digits fab. So Chris, so Carson and Kirk and triple digits and fab go to TJ for uh, Michael Thomas, Chase Edmonds, and Michael Gallup. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Um, banged up, banged up, high ankle <laughs> injury um, version of Michael Thomas, Chase Edmonds, and Michael Gallup. Now, in this particular trade here, uh, it's worth noting Tyler knew. Before he made the trade, it's not like TJ pulled a fast one on him. 
Right. He knew that Thomas was injured. He'd seen the reports, and he knew there was a chance that that you know Michael Thomas. There's a very real chance that he misses a lot of time here, and and the the reports have been that Michael Thomas is going to try to push through it. But at the end of the day, if your body says no, and or the team says no, they don't want you to aggravate it because then it'll keep you out longer. And they need you. This is a team that, in the Saints, that has a very real chance to to make a Super Bowl push. Um, you know, it, in the end, it's really not a matter of what Michael Thomas wants. Now, I think as some helpful backstory here before we proceed, I did text Tyler after the Seahawks game. And I said, I know you're worried about Carson. And he tried to play it off. And I just told him, I said, how do I know? I said, I know because if I was you, I would be concerned. He didn't, he didn't take, you know, Hyde had more carries than Carson did. And Carson scored, sure, he had a great fantasy day, but he scored on two receiving scores. He had six catches. You can't bank on either one of those things for the duration of the season. So, I I I do wonder. I do wonder if there's a if there's a very real chance here that the this is not just a one week anomaly, and perhaps the Seahawks are going to manage Carson's workload throughout the season because they don't trust him to stay healthy. Yeah, um, it's a possibility. Um, if you guys don't know, I write for a website called Seahawk Maven. There basically contracted through sports by sports illustrated to cover the Seahawks. Um, and one of my duties there is to write Seahawks related fantasy content. And ironically, you know, the piece I wrote this week was heavily about why you should buy low on Chris Carson. So I understand the reason to be worried about Chris Carson, but those reasons to be worried about Chris Carson are also what made him an appealing buy low in my opinion. Um, because I think Carson looked good. Uh, the workload wasn't exactly there. That's fine. But I also don't believe that Pete Carroll is going to be the guy who says, yeah, no, you know what? We're going to throw up 40 times now a game. I just don't think that's, that's going to be what's going to happen here. So while I think Carlos Hyde is going to be a nagging, uh, you know, hindrance to Carson's fantasy value. I don't think that Carson is washed, uh, by any stretch here. Um, so I felt like, you know, Carson was a good buy low. Now back to our league here, TJ didn't buy low. In fact, TJ paid more than market value for Chris Carson. Um, even with Michael Thomas's injury. Now TJ is a guy who was desperate for running backs. He needed the running backs and Tyler made him pay. And Michael Thomas, even a banged up Michael Thomas for Chris Carson, I think that's probably an advantage to Tyler, just just from a straight value standpoint, not roster construction, none of that. So I think that's advantage Tyler there. But then he gets Michael Gallup, who could be you know a top twenty four wide receiver this year, and then he gets Chase Edmonds, who again backup sure, but that's a high volume offense. They're going to use Chase Edmonds some, and if Kenyon Drake goes down. There's some real value there. And so I felt like TJ, this is, uh, we talked about, I talked about Scott being desperate. TJ was really desperate 
and it was like it was last call and he just took whatever he can get to get his running back like oh that's what's going to cost me to get my running back fine here you go like i i don't think tj did well on this at all uh however i will say this tyler did take a risk here and the risk is obviously that you know michael thomas the high angle sprain heals faster uh but the other risk is is that tyler's kind of shot his shots right i mean he's traded for russ now he's got Michael Thomas, he has a Christian McCaffrey, and he has George Kittle. That's kind of what Tyler's saying. That's my season right there. Those four guys. Michael Gallup, if you want to throw him, there's five. Those five guys, that's my season. Well, if something goes wrong with one of those guys, there's going to be some issues. If something goes wrong with two of those guys, Tyler could be dead in the water. So Tyler's definitely going with this stars and I don't want to say scrubs, but that's kind of the strategy he's going with. And so I, I think there's a possibility that this trade doesn't work out for either, for either brother, but just from a straight value standpoint, this was a really desperate TJ who made this trade. And I think from that angle, he's, he's destined to lose this trade. So I mean, I think we'll see I, what happens. I think of all the deals we've talked about, this is the most interesting one because I think that on the one hand, I say I would say, you know, it's ill-advised to trade for Michael Thomas right now. And so from that perspective, you know, please see my earlier comment about the injury optimism Kool-Aid. Right. But nonetheless, I actually feel like it's interesting because if you're somebody who likes Michael Gallup, T, uh, you know, Tyler kind of built in some security for himself in this deal for Michael Thomas because if Michael Gallup puts together a nice season here, maybe he's even the the you know the most productive receiver for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, then it almost doesn't matter if Michael Thomas is out for a while. If let's say let's say that we could know for a fact that Michael Gallup was going to be the top receiver for the Cowboys, is that not a fair return? For Chris Carson, because I would say that it is. And if that's the case, then at that point, Michael Thomas is just kind of a bonus. And, you know, and then Tyler gets the nice upside play here with Chase Edmonds as well. Um, But I also understand it from the, the standpoint of TJ, where you get Chris Carson. Maybe week one was an anomaly. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would certainly make that make that point, make that argument. Although I would say, you know, I like I said, I don't know. I was concerned about about what I saw from his usage in week one, but I would also acknowledge it's one week, and so we'll we'll find out. And Christian Kirk is a really interesting upside uh, receiver in the Arizona offense. This is an interesting, interesting deal for both sides. It it it, it really makes sense. I think that uh, that Tyler would want you know to take that gamble on Michael Thomas. Although, like I said, ill-advised, not something that I would do. But hey, who knows? Maybe maybe he gets lucky. Maybe Michael Thomas pulls a Saquon Barkley circa 2019, comes back earlier than we think, fights through this, is productive. I would say it's unlikely, but I would have told you the same thing about Saquon getting back early last year based off the news we were getting. Um. But nonetheless, like I said, it almost doesn't matter. He could sit on Michael Thomas. He got 
Gallup in this deal as well. Um, you know, I guess the, the question at this point, though, is like, well, what does this deal right here do to Tyler's team uh, in terms of his running back situation? So um, for those who are wondering, he's got McCaffrey, and then he's rolling with, currently this week, he's got Chase Edmonds in there. The other running backs on the roster are uh, Mike Davis and Rashad Penny. Yeah. So he takes a he takes a, a dump at the running back position. And so basically he's saying, you know what, Matty G? I know how you do it, but I don't care. You know? I'm gonna Honestly, go I'm gonna go the opposite way and right. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win doing that. Hey, best of luck to you, brother. Yeah. You know, honestly, my guess would be that Tyler's rationale if he hasn't thought of this yet, he might pro- he might even adapt this as his own. Well, I don't need a running back too because Christian McCaffrey gets me the points of two running backs. Um, so, uh, I I just for me honestly, there's no downside to this trade to Tyler, unless you know the the doomsday scenario I laid out there comes to fruition, which is possible. Again, it's totally possible that that happens to Tyler, but it's a risk to me that's well worth taking. Um, he's got plenty of wide receivers. And while we know that running backs aren't cheap at all, as evident by this trade itself, Tyler can probably go find a number two running back, or at least one that's, you know, better than Chase Edmonds or Rashad Penny as the number three in Seattle or whatever it is. So I, I like, I said, I just, TJ to me, this was desperate and I get why he was desperate. He only scored 88 points last week second lowest in the league and his running backs were pathetic. And now he's going to be without Mike. He's going to be without Michael Thomas this week. So um, I get why he was desperate. I do. I just, mm, I don't know. And I, I, you know, to be fair to TJ, I know that he was shopping Michael Thomas hard. Um, So I, I don't think that this is a case where TJ is just like, yeah, I'm just going to throw this first offer out there. See what happens. I, I know TJ was working the phones. So I have to believe that this is the best he could get. But I would also say if this is the best you can get, maybe look at other options, other alternatives. Uh, that would just be my opinion on it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think overall, you know, Tyler's team's got better. But, you know, he, he kind of cut out large sections of his safety net too. So we'll see what happens with this these two teams. It's This is going to be a fun trade to track. Um, but... I feel like, you know, again, similar to what Scott did before week one, TJ's kind of done it after week one. Just smells a little desperate to me is all. Sure. Like I said, I think that, uh, I think it's a really interesting trade and I agree with you. It's going to be, that's going to be one that I'm definitely going to track just to see, cause I could see it going, I could see it going either way. But like I said, yeah. I think that that's the, of all the trades we talked about, that's the most interesting. And if not that one, then the last one we got to hit on real quick here, which just happened tonight before kickoff of Thursday Night Football. The other two brothers in the league, Brian and Scott, make a deal. A lot of names yeah. moving around here. So we got Brian is adding Matthew Stafford, uh, Kenyon Drake, Mike Evans, and Austin Hooper in exchange for Baker Mayfield, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins and A.J. Brown. So, 
before we evaluate this deal, the one thing that I think is worth mentioning, and I don't know one way or another if Scott knew this before he made the deal, but um, A.J. Brown is currently dealing with a bruise in his shin, and yep. it sounds like the situation is somewhat similar to Michael Thomas's situation with the with the high ankle sprain, although perhaps maybe not as severe, but it could be a week to week situation here with for AJ Brown and something certainly worth monitoring. Although I'm not sure how much we we ought to factor that into our evaluation here of the deal. Um, but if Scott didn't know about that then I guess he got fleeced by his own brother. <laughs> but but nonetheless, I mean, uh, I'll let you you give me the the fresh take here, the first take I get on on this deal. Oh boy, oh, I'm going to ruin it by pointing out that Mike Evans isn't exactly healthy himself right now, so that is something to keep in mind here. Um, this is a really interesting deal. There's a lot of layers to it. I think, you know, the big name here that's, that jumps out to anybody is going to be Ezekiel Elliott, right? Uh, top four running back, you know, still really good offense. He's the best player in this deal. So that means Brian had to have made some significant improvements elsewhere. And I'm not sure that he did. Now he got Kenyon Drake back, so that's good. He got a replacement for Zeke. Not as good, but still, you know, there are some out there who think Kenyon Drake is a legit running back one this year. Um, AJ Brown for Mike Evans, you know, I honestly, I think that's a toss up here. Uh, if, you know, if, if we're concerned about Chris Carson, I think it's fair to be concerned about Tom Brady. If we're basing this off of one week, Brady wasn't good. He wasn't good. He was fantasy wise. He was good, but anybody watching that game knows that Brady wasn't that good. So how valuable is Evans with Tom Brady? Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But Austin Hooper tied in. I guess you'd probably pair him with J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, I'm going to favor the running back in that scenario. And then it's Baker Mayfield for Matthew Stafford. I'm a big Stafford fan. I'm still not sold on Baker Mayfield, as we've talked about before. So I think Brian, or I'm sorry, yeah, I think Brian gets the, I don't want to say significant upgrade at quarterback, but I do think it's a notable upgrade, I would say. And then the rest of the deal, I, I probably like what Scott got better. I think Scott probably got the better end of this trade, but I don't think it's, you know, I, I don't feel like it's outrageous and I can definitely see the logic on both sides of this deal. So this is a really interesting one. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Brian goes ahead and makes that form. He's involved in that four team trade where he moves away from Rogers and he adds Baker Mayfield and he has, one week in the Baker Mayfield business is enough for for Brian. He just doesn't have the stomach for it after what he's yeah after what he saw with Baker against the Ravens. He's had enough. You know, it's just giving him just giving him ulcers trying to sleep at night thinking about Baker on his fantasy roster. So he goes ahead and he gets. I don't want to say necessarily the better quarterback just because I've already mentioned mm. Baker's range of outcomes, but I certainly would say Stafford safer. is safer. He's unquestionably Sig- safer. <laughs> Significantly, I would Brian, say. Brian can can sleep well at night. You know, the ulcers are going to go away now. And uh, so I think that that was probably one of the huge selling points here for him and one of the reasons that he was willing to move on from Zeke 
And and you're right. It's not you know, uh, Kenyon Drake. We or so it would seem. You know, sensibly is not the the most massive uh, drop off from Zeke. Although you would of course prefer Zeke and give him the edge there. So if I'm going to break this down one by one, um, I would say, you know, he gives up Zeke for Drake, give the edge to Zeke. So he downgrades a little bit there, but he probably feels like he upgrades tremendously at quarterback and peace of mind by moving Baker for Stafford. So then the other pieces, you're absolutely right. I agree with how you have this shaken out here. Uh, He moves on from AJ Brown and gets Evans. So you've got two banged up receivers. Although I would say Brown's injury seems a little bit more severe and worrisome than Evans. And I have been outspoken that I'm not an AJ Brown guy in the first place. It seems like Brian has seen the Matty G light. And so he moves over to Mike Evans. I'm going to give the edge to Evans there. Uh, And then between J.K. Dobbins and Austin Hooper, um, I guess it just depends on what you need. I'm not really sure what Brian's tight end situation Uh, looks like. I've got it it up right here. Uh, Brian has Darren Waller. And then Austin Hooper was put into his lineup before, uh, before he locked out. And it looks like he replaced Dawson Knox. Okay, uh, see, so, Bills tight end. so an upgrade at tight end for maybe for Brian there. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I mean, there's a lot of targets out there in probably. Cleveland. But yeah, probably an upgrade there at tight end for Brian. But he does give up a really interesting, fun, uh, upside running back play in Dobbins. Although one that might be sort of uh, frustrating to own in fantasy. Um, so nonetheless... Uh, I guess the question here is, does he get enough in this deal to to justify moving on from Zeke? I would say, yeah, I understand it. Yeah, I like I said, I I think for me, and again, we're we're already a little bit over, but I feel like we should give ourselves pats on the back for this only being a little over an hour when we had five trades to talk about. But again, for me, I probably prefer Scott's side because he got the better running back and he got another running back. But I certainly understand it from Brian's side. And it kind of comes down, you know, J.K. Dobbins has already been traded, what, three times now? Like, and so is Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, what do people think of J.K. Dobbins? It seems like the league has no idea how to value him. So, um, I uh, I think this trade's really interesting. Like I said, I prefer Scott's side, but I totally get it from Brian's angle too. So, um, it's it's... I would say it's probably the most balanced. I mean, I, I don't think any of the trades we talked about today were like ridiculously unbalanced, except for probably the one between TJ and Tyler. But again, I get that. But I think this one might be the most the most fair, if if, if you know if you're comfortable using that phrase. I just sure. I pers I personally prefer Scott's side is all. I think that I think that the, these last two trades the one between TJ and Tyler and then this one between Scott and Brian are the most interesting. I think you're right though. I do agree. I think this is the most interesting, the most balanced trade of them all that we talked about um, through this whole episode here. Um, And I think that, I think that from Scott's perspective here, you're okay with moving on from, from uh, you know, Matt Stafford and taking the, the perceived risk of a, you know, of a Baker Mayfield 
And then, of course, you know, moving Mike Evans for A.J. Brown because you're getting Ezekiel Elliott. And so now he could pair Zeke with with uh, Miles. And if Miles can get right, get that hamstring right, then he's sitting pretty there with the one-two punch at the running back position. This is a really, really interesting trade. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I could see why both guys wanted to make the move. Um, and I don't know that I would. If I had to pick a, I, I can't pick a side. I, I understand why both <laughs> guys would want to make the move. I guess. Sure. I guess I. I guess maybe I agree with you. I guess maybe I like Scott's side a little bit more, but I'm going to be honest. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he got Zeke. I'm not saying yeah. that he won the trade. I understand why both guys made this move. Um, but I think I would maybe give a, a, the edge to Scott's side. But anyways, yeah. yes, you're right. We, we did go a little bit over what we were shooting for. Uh, but that's- hold on, Matt, Matt, Matt. Just uh-huh. real fast, and we don't have to discuss this. I just want to put it on the record. Sure. Brian literally chose his side on the Baltimore backfield because Brian still has Mark Ingram, but he was willing to trade J.K. Dobbins. So that decision is something to track for the rest of the year. J.K. Dobbins versus Mark Ingram. Did Brian pick the right side? I, I just wonder, thought that was interesting. Well, and, and it's, an, it's sort of an unspoken board bet here between Brian yeah. and Scott where Brian gets the Mark Ingram side and Scott gets the J.K. Dobbins side. Yep. That is interesting. I agree with you. That is interesting. Um, so anyways, like I said, you know, we, we did go a little bit over it. That's okay. Is there any any uh, closing thoughts here before we close it out? No. I, I think I said everything I need to say. Uh, big shout out to Odell Beckham for catching that touchdown for me. Uh, Gonna, looks like I'm going to need it. So uh, appreciate that, Odell. Can't wait till you're in a Seahawks uniform in about, I don't know, five weeks, give or take. So uh, I'll see you then. Perfect. All right. Well, with that, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. We appreciate the feedback. Go ahead and uh, let us know what you think on the league chat. Spark up a little bit of a conversation. Uh, you know, with that being said, don't forget to tune in. Sunday night football, your Seattle Seahawks are going to host the New England Patriots with no fans in attendance. But that's okay. It's going to be a sensational football game. So definitely tune in. Uh, I want to let you guys know real quick that I want to make it a weekly tradition to hop up on the league chat at 9 a.m. on Sunday before kickoff. So anybody that wants to pop in real quick, uh, you know, and just shoot the shit, maybe, you know, you know, talk trash or talk football, whatever you want to do. That's cool. Come, come through, say what's up. So with that being said, this is Maddie G with Colby Patnode reminding you to get your Omega threes and go Hawks. Peace out guys. <laughs>